0: Welcome to The Magic of Music, a podcast about why music is so important to us. And I am your host, Matt Speaker. This is miscellany number eight. I'm going to talk about music is a verb. And what I mean by this is that music is something that we do. But first, two things. One is that I just wanted to say thank you for allowing me not to have something post last week and being a little gracious with me. I am trying to do one a week. Last week uh, was Thanksgiving and had family and friends and all of that. However, I is really my goal to have an average of one a week. And when I first started doing this, I, I put out several. So I've got some in the bank, as it were, and um, so I'm still on that average one a week. And uh, probably summer, when I'm not so busy grading and, and doing things, I will do a bunch and i have them out there so that I can keep up that one a week average. And the second thing is, before I get into music as a verb, I want to talk about arguing. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is going to be a a, kind of a long bird walk, so just stick with me here, but talk about arguing. Believe it or not, there are arguments about why we value music so much. Yeah, really, this is something that happens, and this is academia for you, (laughs) and why do people do this? Why not just enjoy music for what it is and just realize that we do that? Well, I think people think very deeply about things. And when they do, they like to write very deeply about things, and then they like to make a stand and say, this is really what's going on. I think for us, this is not necessarily a bad thing. When you uh, come across somebody who's got an idea about something, then great, have an idea about something. This is fabulous. And even if they just really make a stand on it, you can still listen to them, and it's important for you to ponder what they have to say. You never know. You might agree, or maybe you'll disagree. But here's the idea. Remember what I said a while ago? Thoughts untangle themselves through pencil tips and people's lips. Oh, folks, we have completely forgotten how to write. We have completely forgotten how to talk to one another. You know, instead, we just shout at each other through a computer, through typing on a computer and posting uh, silly stuff on social media. And we we are content with reading a meme and coming up with an an entire philosophy (laughs) through a a sentence, you know, or two. And, And that's not much of an exaggeration anymore. This is not thoughtful dialogue at all. And I really wish that we would change that. The second thing of my little bird walk, so I guess I'm following two birds here, is categorizing. Sometimes when we see somebody and we hear a set of ideas, we want to label it. We want to categorize it. We enjoy putting people into a box. In other words, uh, we like to label them, right? The easy one for this is, is politics uh, in our society right now. You know, you're either conservative or you're liberal. The truth is, I think we are maybe a little bit of both. And maybe we side strongly with one, but that doesn't mean the other side has completely rotten ideas. That's not it at all. But have you ever noticed that we as human beings love to categorize things? Why do we do that? I don't know. We, we, like, we like organization, I guess, in a way. But we just have this inherent need to put people in a box. And therefore, if you're in that box, then you believe these things. We just do this. And maybe even we'd like to put ourselves in that box or in that camp and say, you know what, this is what we believe. (laughs) It's kind of like, this is our tribe. Have you ever heard that one? This is our tribe. And what that means is there's a a set of uh, real hard beliefs uh, about that. And I don't know, maybe that just makes us feel better about ourselves, makes us feel better about the people that we hang out with. Uh, But I'm not sure that that is all that healthy. It is good to hang out with people who do not share our values or simply think about things in a different way. It is good to be uncomfortable once in a while because you might actually learn something. In 2010, I went to Haiti for the summer. No, it wasn't for the summer. It was uh, for a trip, and what I did is I spent time with orphans. If you remember, in January of 2010, Haiti experienced this horrible earthquake that killed well over 200,000 people. And what that did is it caused uh, the, the nation to have a whole lot of orphans. And by the way, it is an amazing thing to hold somebody, a child, and spend time with a child who does not call anybody mom or anybody dad. Pretty amazing. One of the things that we did in this group is that we went out into the country uh, side and through some villages, and uh, we had some leaders with us, and we wanted to spend time with children that were also on the outside of this uh, orphanage. And so we're going through... Well, it wasn't a jungle, but uh, banana farms and things like that and uh, forest a little bit and going through, uh, you know, past huts and stuff. And these, um, our leaders were calling out to the kids. They said, hey, come spend some time with us. And so the kids were coming out and we um, played some games with them, did some charades, gave them some candy just to spend time with them. And, um, but I had an experience that was quite uncomfortable during this little walk. And that was, I. there was a 14-year-old boy who wanted to join. So he comes out, and he beelined for me. And when we were walking, he, he went up, he introduced himself, and I introduced myself. And, of course, we don't know. I, I didn't know Haitian. He doesn't know English. And But then as we started walking, he grabs my hand. He's holding my hand. Now, I am really thankful that I knew some missionaries who spent a lot of time in Africa. And I remembered one story was that this gentleman had to get used to holding a, uh, a man's hand and walking because uh, friends, uh, grown-up male friends, and they're just friends, hold hands while they walk in, in uh, several African cultures. And so and that's what this boy was doing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to hold your hand. And it just chuckled because I'm a high school director, Yeah, a music director at the time. And there is never going to be a 14-year-old boy that's not part of my family that wants to hold my hand and go for a walk down the street. But anyway, there there we go. And I'm telling you, it was great because I learned something from him, some Haitian, right? And he learned some English from me. And just spending that time with that young man was fantastic. So again, it's important to be uncomfortable because you can actually learn something. Okay, so I encourage you to listen to the terms that I'm about to talk about and the concepts with an absolutely open mind. And, and try not to fall into a specific camp because I'm going to share the other side of this coin later. And try not to, again, fall into one of these two because what i will do is it'll, it'll make you dogmatic about certain beliefs and I, when actually I feel like that little bits and pieces of all of these beliefs are quite valuable and important. It's a little bit like cafeteria food. Uh, you know, you have a little of this and you have a little of that and you can have a really fun meal. It's a little bit like that. And, uh, you know, these are not life and death type issues. So you don't really need a fall on one side or the other. And it's okay to live in a little a bit of both of the camps or even three or four of the camps. Uh, as we talk about some of these things. All right. So, and even if you decide, you know, I really don't like that. And I really don't think that that is true. You can feel good if you spend some time actually thinking about the concept. And even if you decide that's not a camp I want to be in, you know what? You will be able to appreciate them and you'll understand them. And that is quite valuable. All right. Now, finally on the trail. Actually, I haven't even started on the trail. (laughs) So here we go. In music education, we have a concept that values music because of the doing of music, all right? They don't necessarily value music because of what music is. What is important about music is the doing of music, and this is called praxialism. Praxis in Greek means to do, and ism, it originated in Greek, been filtered through Latin, but it means a taking aside. Uh, or imitating of, I like to think of praxialism in music as a philosophy of taking a preference for doing of music, rather than valuing the music itself. Doing music, by the way, doing music is a whole lot more than performing. So, so a lot of people who have gotten a master's degree or or thought about this, um, uh, mostly a master's degree, and you've just been introduced to the concept, Uh, people like to boil it down to, uh, well, it's doing music. Well, actually, doing is a whole lot more than performing. I said that a little bit wrong. I'll say it again. They they boil it down to performing. Performing is it. That's what it is. That's what practicalism is. And it's like, no, it's actually a whole lot more than that. And so David Elliott is a proponent of this. And on his website, I'll post uh, where you can look this up. He states that uh, doing music is a lot more than performing. It can be uh, engaging in music. And he has five forms of musicking. He calls it musicking. And these are performing, improvising, composing, arranging, and conducting. And I'm going to add, doing music is also listening to music. Have you ever had the feeling, you know, we're all busy, right? And we're doing stuff. And then you just take some time and you just sit and you listen deeply about something. And you're enjoying music just simply by listening. Believe it or not, this is also doing music. It's engaging in music through the doing of music. And then you feel guilty, right? It's like, oh, I just spent all this time. No, never feel guilty about listening to music because that is also doing music. Okay, music. I want to just very briefly uh, mention that we have a problem when we say music because uh, the word music in English can refer to one or two different things. It can refer to the actual sounds that we hear. But we also use the word music when we're talking about the printed page. When I say to a student, hey, go get your music, I'm telling them to go get their folder that has paper in it that has these little symbols on it, and we call that music. And and believe it or not, to me, this is actually a little bit frustrating. If I could wave a magic wand, I would change the meaning of the word music in our language and make it more specific. And this is what German culture does. Okay, another story. Teaching in in Germany, in Berlin, and my students are coming in, and I have this awesome uh, young lady on violin, and her eyes get real big, and she goes, and she turns to her friend, and she says, Ich habe meine Noten vergessen. What is funny about that school, the students learned a long time ago that if they want the American teachers to not know what they are talking about, they would use German, even though their English is fabulous. (laughs) But they're using German to keep things from us. It's a little like when I was growing up, my parents, a little bit, my parents would use pig Latin so that I would not understand, or my brother would not understand what they're saying. And uh, it's a little bit like that. So some of you might have had that experience growing up as well. And so she she blurts out in German this phrase, Ich habe meine Noten vergessen. Now what's really funny is that I'm in Germany and, and one of my goals is to learn German as best as I can. So I'm spending time uh, in classes, and really listening and working on my German. I looked at her and I said, hey, why did you forget your music today? And her eyes got really big, like, oh man, he understood me. (laughs) And I did. And what she said was, I forgot my notes today. If I translated her, her phrase, ich habe meine Noten vergessen, she's saying, I forgot my notes today. In English, we would say, I have forgotten my music today. What I love about this is to the German, music is not what's printed on the page. Those are called notes. Why? Because music is something that we do. Isn't that fabulous? Music is something that we do. It's not what's on the paper. That is not music. This is really important. You know, it turns out we actually like doing that too, making music or musicking. Can you believe that? (laughs) Is this a surprise to anybody? You know, I still teach kids in the youth orchestra. Uh, This week uh, was the week after Thanksgiving, and our kiddos are getting ready for a Little concert, and uh, it's like an info cert, I like to call it. They're going to show parents what they have been learning. I see them once a week, so it's not a whole lot, but it's enough, and they're excited. They're going to show parents what they have been learning. And so we've got our little songs, and we're going through them, and a little description about all of this. And what's really cool is uh, we got through that on the lesson. It doesn't take very long. It's like 20 minutes, and I had like 30 minutes left with them. And so what did I do? I played for them. Da-da-da, da-da-da, da And their eyes lit up like, oh, oh I know what that song is, right? <laughs> and so I taught them Jingle Bells by rote for 30 minutes. And I didn't do the typical ending I did this little fun ending that went up to the top. Had a little bit of rhythm to it. In other words, I went up, went up to the um, the top of the scale. Had a little bit of, and then I played the bottom notes with a little bit of a rhythm. Uh, and uh, my my one little eight year old boy, he he goes, that sounds so cool. He was just super jazz. And you know what? <laughs> yes, doing music is actually fun. And is there value in that? You bet. If there wasn't value in doing music, I don't think we would be doing it. And we wouldn't appreciate it very much at all. So yes, doing music is incredibly value valuable, and this is why we enjoy it so much so. One of the reasons we get together and we play music is because we enjoy it. And I actually was musicking with an eight-year-old. Now, can I play Jingle Bells? Yes, I've been able to play Jingle Bells for uh, well over 40 years. <laughs> that, that's uh, an absolute truth. But I was sharing a moment with an eight-year-old kid, and it was really fun. Made me smile, made him smile, right? Isn't that incredible? Can we say that that's magical? Yes, that is magical. Think about your most memorable and magical moments when it comes to music. It was in doing music, wasn't it? Maybe it was just a fabulous rehearsal you are in. Maybe it was an actual performance. Maybe you had a goosebump moment with a kid working on a song. Oh, goosebumps. I'm going to talk about that too someday. That's quite magical as well. But that's for a later day. Write me at themagicofmusicms at gmail.com. I'd love to talk to you about this stuff. Have a great day.